Emails. Hello. Yeah, boy. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay. Do you know, uh, each time I open that app, it's like the easiest way to do podcasting. I'm like, really? Yeah, yeah. Really? Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of Dot Dot Doc. I'm Ian, your host, and as you can tell by the intro, we had a few problems trying to get this recorded, but we've squished the bugs. And I think we're ready to go. In today's episode, we'll be discussing Ghosts of Sugarland. It's a 2019 Netflix documentary by Bassam Tariq. If you haven't seen the documentary yet, go check it out on Netflix because we'll be discussing spoilers from the get-go. I think it's time to introduce the other voice you heard at the beginning of the episode. That was Matt. Hello, Matt. Hi, everyone. So, Matt, what did you think? I, th- I thought it was a good, good documentary. Uh, short. There was a. Uh... For me personally, I, I thought there were things missing from it that I would have would have liked to have made it a better documentary. Um, that being one main person's kind of point of view kind of missing from the documentary, just to hear that side of things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. like I was thinking about that just, just now after re-watching it. I was like, I really want to know can can I say his name? Mark Mark. Yes. Story. Mark. Um I like because you're only getting kind of one side of events here and it's from his friends, obviously. So yeah. you know that it, it it doesn't come across that they're bad mouthing him or anything like that, but it's 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 such such a subject that I, I think it'd be really good to to hear his version of events possibly a follow-up who knows yeah i feel like it could have definitely benefited from a follow-up i mean right now it just feels like it's the first episode of a series um and i would still think that if it wasn't for the text that flashes up at the end telling you what happened um and i mean even if you google it and find out what happened to mark at the end you realize it's like an ongoing story um it just the whole thing just left me wanting more, um, and especially to find out what actually is going to happen to Mark and what how the friends would react. What's actually happened to him? Because from from what I've read, he he was caught on the Syrian battlefield um, hmm. by a militia, a militia group, um, and it appears that Mark had written like a cover letter wanting to teach English out there um from from what i've read up like i i've literally yeah. just just scraped google like in the last 10 minutes so i, I haven't got a lot here but um like it it's just uh, it doesn't say that he's been it, he's he's gone back to the us yeah um but it just says he's uh he's in texas now um he now faces federal indictment in texas in diamond so, so 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 what's that is it is he a free man at the moment? So as far as I can tell, he's not a free man right now. Um, he was charged with material support of a terrorist organization, and that carries a possible penalty of up to 20 years in federal prison and a maximum fine of $250,000. So a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and there's one thing... That I found that the documentary never tells you is that he was a substitute teacher 
in Texas. Exactly. I read that as well. Like it was um, a comment from his father. Yeah. Um, and his father was saying, basically, you know, like my son doesn't have that in him. That's not in him. Um, and it, it mentioned there about him teaching in Texas. I was like, I didn't get one thing of that from the documentary. And as well, his age, like he's in his 30s now. Yeah, like, I, um... I watch that documentary and think 21. Hmm. Like, I thought he was fresh out of college, like fresh out of school. Like, I mean, what did you think of uh, their use of pictures at the end? I, I thought that was pretty clever. Like, I like that. Um, the masks in themselves, uh, <laughs> to begin with, I found difficult. Um, yeah. Mainly one mask in <laughs> being uh buzz lightyear wearing sunglasses he was... <laughs> i just found very very difficult like my first watch like like i said I, w- I went in completely blind like didn't read the synopsis nothing like knew nothing about it um so i went in and i was like okay this is kind of strange um obviously their faces are hidden for a reason but yeah like at first like i just couldn't get over the buzz lightyear with sunglasses I just, I just couldn't take it seriously. I was like, "This is, this is too crazy." Yeah, um, it's definitely my favorite mask out of the lot. And was it the Diego from Dora the Explorer? Ah, um, uh, it's Diego from Dora Explorer. Yeah. I've got Alex Kid question mark. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, I'm I've, like, I've, who is that? <laughs> I, I've never watched Dora the Explorer myself. It's just, I it's, think, I think you've been watching a little bit more Dora than uh, you're letting on there, Ian. Uh, but that's cool. That's okay. I know. Go back to uh, this. I think the backgrounds of the scene, are like when they're getting interviewed, it's because it doesn't like doesn't, doesn't feel like a normal interview space. No, it just feels like kind of on the fly, doesn't it? Like uh, if you look at um, was it Kylo Ren who's been interviewed in his bedroom, but it also looks like a kind of like a lounge because mm-hmm. it's he's got a, a sofa right next to um, his bed, and I'm like, like see. see- See, again, from that, that's why I, I kept thinking kind of college, like, you know, like maybe that's their kind of dorm where it's, you know, so small that you'd need a, a couch or a, a seat next to the bed or something mm-hmm. like that. But but that, that's, that is the main thing from like reading a bit more afterwards. Like I say, I've only scratched the surface myself, um, yeah. but it feels there's a lot left out. But again, it's a 21 minute documentary. I suppose there's only so much you can put in, but it in in a way, I suppose if 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 you're like us and and you want to find out more, then you'll 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 seek it, you'll search it out. Um, But then there's some people who will just take one look at a documentary like that and take it for what it is. And I just feel there's there's a hell of a lot of information left out. Mm. I, I feel the documentary could. Like it's almost like that is a tester documentary, like for for a bigger documentary in the making. Do you reckon it fell apart? Like, do you reckon it was meant to be a bigger documentary, and then they just realised, oh wait, they can't get his side of you because um, he won't be a part of it, and they just fell to pieces. So they released what they could on on this. Um, I just feel like it does need the other side of it. I mean, it's kind of a mystery. And is it um, FBI informant like thing? That's uh, like one thing. Like I, I know you are like uh, as well as me. Like we're both uh, fans of the TV show Leftovers, and throughout the documentary, before the end, I just kept thinking, "Let the mystery be," and like you know, like it's almost like 
like I I've, I found that within within the documentary when when the friends um, uh, are talking about Mark, um, like it feels as if like they have these two choices, these two trains of thoughts of he either you know went to join ISIS or he was a F- FBI informant, but the for them the better story of the two the better one to believe is the fbi informant although it still made them angry if that were the case because you know he was supposed to be their friend at least you know in in their minds at least he's out there doing good in their eyes you know um whereas the other side is going to join this this group um you know that's just the the thoughts that must put into your head being a friend of that person, the what ifs and the the uh, the guilt as well of being their friend and 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 perhaps not seeing that coming and not being able to stop that from happening. Um, but I did get a very much kind of let the mystery be until the end, where you get that black screen with writing telling you exactly what's happened. You're like, oh yeah. well, that and- takes away the mystery completely. Yeah, and then they reveal his name, his full name, which I I obviously Googled and found out more about. And that's how I found the interviews um, with NBC. I just don't understand why they didn't put um, he was a substitute teacher and that he went there to teach. And I know they're trying to do it from the point of view that he went there to join ISIS. Um, mm-hmm. But if they would have mentioned he was a teacher, I feel like it... But again, like where, where, when, they, when they reveal at the end, um, like the truth... Um, it does state that it was after filming that this truth came to light. So yeah. I, I wonder if, you know, they had a budget, they had to get this thing made. They didn't see a possibility perhaps of him coming back. Like they even say in the documentary, um, his friends say, like, uh, they might have to come to terms with the fact that he could be dead, yeah. you know? So they, they didn't know one way or the other. Like they were complete in limbo with how you know, how how they could feel about him. Um, uh, yeah, I see what you mean. I suppose at this time, yeah, they, they don't know what's happened to him because he hasn't come back yet. And it's, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's weird. But, I... but a- a- again, if, if you know, obviously they, they, they may have uh, finished the actual filming of the documentary, but by the time they just finished filming, this truth came to light. So they were able to edit that into the end of the documentary. I I can't see why they weren't able to put that that little extra bit of information in there. Like, yeah, because you could you could say that in 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 a way it's uh, it's it's almost trying to paint this guy in the worst possible light um, yeah. by not putting that in there. Um, but at the same time, the whole documentary, like, it's it's his friends. It's it's people that have grown up with him, and they don't really have a bad word to say about him. He, he comes across as a nice guy, like uh, a good friend, a nice guy, good good human being. Um, and the, what I got from it, for, for, from him, uh, from Mark, let's say, yeah. um, is... Uh, like they said, you know, he he was an outcast, and and you could see he was an outcast. But he was brought in like almost 
like to a family like uh, this friendship group like brought him in and you know because he hung around with them all the time and and he he believed what they believed they said well you know you say these few words and you become a part of this religion with us if if you believe it anyway then why not just say these these few words and you're in you know almost yeah. like a part a part of our our family our you know it's, it's very accepting I, I i thought um but i feel that maybe there were perhaps more issues underlying with him that made him seek out kind of a a darker path through it perhaps like but then there's there's things like he he went um i think he went away for like six months or something to work um and it was for some i don't know trucking or something like that um lorry driving um yes. and it was uh, a predominantly white town uh, the place that he went to and uh, they were very much against muslim people um so perhaps you know six months of just if and if he was kind of kind of proud about being muslim and, and not scared to let people know he was then maybe he was attacked like whether that be verbally or whatever and maybe that like in his kind of you know I, i'm guessing whilst he was away for six months he wasn't with friends from what i've read as well i mean i, I couldn't quote it exactly but it mm. said he was he went elsewhere before he went to syria he was somewhere else before that and yeah it, I, I can't remember whether it said he was trying to teach there as well. Um, yeah. So again, it, it 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 strikes a lot to me of just this guy trying to find his place, yeah. right? And he had an idea of what he wanted to do, and maybe he maybe he just kept feeling this rejection. Like, it's uh, I mean, it's so difficult to try and you know get into a mind of of anyone. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it's tough uh, because it, it. I mean, there's there's no way of judging. Um, you know, no no matter what, like you've got to look at someone going over there to join a a group like that. You you've got to look at it as a bad thing. Um, yeah. But does that necessarily make him an out and out bad person like did what what were his real motives like that's you know uh, it's so it's, tough it's very very tough well his very, friends very did, his friends did say that he was starting to come up extreme views which, which is understandable like um yeah. but then i i would like to think if any of my friends were wishing death on anyone like wherever they be from it's not something i would like you know like no. it's just something you don't do you don't wish that upon anyone um yeah but yeah it's it's very tough i i i think from from the from the knowledge we have from what is being given to us through the documentary i i think you can just assume that well i assume that he he went on a downward spiral and and perhaps you know we don't know what his um we, we we're getting a point of view from a select group of friends of his but we don't know who he may have or may have not been talking to on the internet and what kind of agendas and views they were pushing on him and which 
may have, you know, it's, it's like, you know, it can kind of take over, especially when uh, it, it's very, very tough because you don't know his state of mind either. Like, yeah. w- was he depressed at the time? Was he, he was obviously looking for something, looking to belong. Um, and perhaps, you know, you, you could put it that maybe he was, he was given this false sense of security, possibly. Um, almost like you come over here and you're doing good because it's you're, you're doing something that you believe in, um, but you're also doing b- good because we'll welcome you. You're one of us, um, which to someone who is completely on the fringe could be the open invite they need, you know? Yeah, it's tough because... In a way, we don't know Mark. Um, All we see of his personality is from his Facebook posts. And even those are read by an actor. Um, I mean, his friends thought he... His friends thought he was an FBI informant um, just trying to infiltrate their friends group to find out more about them. Well, um, I, I think one of them said there was one point where they they were being tracked. There was an FBI car outside their house um, every day because they were Muslim, like because of the faith, you know, that yeah that they practice. Um, which you know that's completely counterproductive for for the forces as well because. You know, if these are innocent people, which which they are, yeah, then you know that you're putting them into a hole and you're putting them into a box, and and how does that make them feel? Um, that's one thing that I did get from this documentary, uh, probably more than anything else, because the whole thing with Mark is, I just found like, okay, we we have this side of the the story, but there's always two sides to begin with. Yeah. Um, so it's very difficult to really, really react or to to even understand his his point of view. Um, but one thing I really did get is how uh, Muslims have have been treated and made to feel since nine uh, eleven. Um, there's there's countless times within the documentary where where these well at the time i thought they were still kids i thought they were maybe 19 or something (laughs) um but uh where these people uh who are muslim like that they they say you know after september the 11th like they'd they'd be wearing t-shirts which which would say muslim on it um not in any bad way like uh but their parents would say please don't wear that i don't want people knowing that you choose to follow this faith um which even that in itself is completely segregating a group of people and this group of people have done nothing wrong it's a it's a select few like with any group of people uh you get a a select few that can do wrong but you don't tarnish a whole group because of the wrongdoings of just a few um but it feels like within society and within our world, uh, that's the way it's kind of gone with, uh, with people who, who, who follow Muslim faith. I think that's the, that's the focal point of the documentary, isn't it? It's literally mm. how people have been treated. Um, yeah. 
but but yeah that is that was um i mean the the my first viewing i came away i don't know how i felt after the first viewing like it definitely needed a second watch um because a lot of it to begin with i was kind of like i felt almost a bit uncomfortable with the whole setup to begin with um just the masks um the whole the, the whole documentary is basically a a set of interviews that have that have been spliced up um yeah. and it just felt it didn't you know it was almost jarring to begin with um but you know i i watched it and uh i took what i did from it i didn't make any kind of notes to begin with um but yeah, on my second watch, I, I seemed to gain a lot more from it. Like it was almost like, like I was truly listening the second time round. Like you know, all the visual had gone away. Like I was like, like I'm okay with the masks. I'm you know, like not the masks are any big deal really. Um, but it just felt strange because it was like I I can't read these people. You know, yeah. it's it's a, it's a. a it's a blank space. I can't really read them. I can't read emotion. Like, um, so that was, that was difficult for me to begin with. Um, I felt. I, I agree. Like it's weird. I feel the, the masks, uh, so distracting that you, you're watching it for them first. I feel mm-hmm. like watching it the second time you are taking a lot more of the story. Um, but it's where you're kind of just blindsided by the masks in the first part. It's yeah. Do you write, do you feel like the masks were necessary? Like could they just blurt it out? Is it a gimmick to kind of get people to just watch it? I mean, I it's it's a difficult one. I I can understand why they might want to wear masks um, because they just might not want to be associated within their their real everyday lives. You know, if especially it going out on Netflix, there's going to be a lot of people that see this documentary. Um, So, you know, perhaps it's even for that. Like, they just don't want the bother of people coming up to them and being like, oh, you're them guys. You were friends with this guy. You must have had some, you know, people will just make assumptions. Um, So I can understand it. If, If it was their idea to wear masks, you know, then I can totally understand that. Um... But at the same time, there were a few photos within within the documentary where there were other people who mm. I would say probably live in the same area yeah. that were not covered face. So I that makes it a bit more... Oh, the one where it's like blurry and it's just him. Uh, do, do you remember that one where it's like him? Obviously, his, he's never censored himself, but... Mm-hmm. There's one where it's like a group of people where it's kind of like they're just like all merged together in a way. I think they tried to blur it slightly, but um... it didn't work very well. I, I like there was a girl in one of the pictures, and I could clearly make out her features, and I was like, okay, that doesn't quite make sense. <laughs> like, why? Like, have they got a, you know, has the documentary filmmaker got a problem with this girl? Like, yeah, we'll put your face <laughs> out there. Like, um, so yeah, that kind of. That to me, that was like that was the point where I was like, okay, so what's the point in the mask and blurring the faces then? Um, yeah, I do, I do feel like I just feel like it was a bit of a gimmick just to get people to watch. I thought it was cool. It made me want to watch it more. Like I'm like I like I find it funny um, in 
you know, like in when they showed like the the party photos and <laughs> Buzz Lightyear just looks like stone in like loads <laughs> of <laughs> Buzz just, Lightyear was the uh he was definitely the mask that I I, I just kept looking at it. like there was times where I'd giggle and I was like, yeah. why am I laughing? Like but it's because it's just this bulbous face. <laughs> and yeah. And because Buzz doesn't usually wear sunglasses, I, even yeah. that jarred with me. I'm like, okay, this is strange. Um, Did you notice that, like, uh, the like the mask got edited? Yeah, yeah. So, like, with uh, I think it was the Mario mask, and they'd cut the eyes out, where it yeah. had obviously been like uh, cartoon eyes, or like two little dots or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but they'd cut the eyes out, um, and and to a degree, I appreciate that as well because at least you can read something from the people like uh within eye movement and stuff like that um but like i say i i I feel that the mask did they 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 both gave and took away from the documentary um for what it was it does feel gimmicky um i mean it's a it's, it's a 21 minute documentary if you can't you know keep focus for 21 minutes uh you know, you're going to struggle with some, you know, big documentaries. Yeah, it's it's at the reviews online for it, and it's been absolutely slated. Um, oh, really? IMDb, it's just like one star reviews, and it's like I want 21 minutes of my life back again. Uh, they, it's yeah, just loads of people just completely just trashing it because they just hate it. They think there's no substance at all to it. Um, it's it doesn't really go anywhere. Um, I I wouldn't I wouldn't give it the regard of dislike that uh, or that you say it seems to be getting, um, but I think again if I had have only watched it once, I pro I wouldn't have got the substance I've got from it after a second watch. So again, if someone watches it, we're obviously. For for this, we've we've watched it for a purpose. We're going to watch it more than once, and we're going to look for little bits here and there. But for someone just casually, you know, scrolling through Netflix, oh, here's a little documentary I can watch within, you know, my lunch break or whatever at work. Um, I could understand why they'd come away feeling a bit like, hmm, yeah, yeah. like what was that? Like, what was the point in that? Is is there any? What what's to be learned from this? Like, which I feel a lot of documentaries, you know, you can learn from. But again, on the on the second viewing, I think there is more substance to it than meets the eye. You could look at the documentary itself, like like me saying about, uh, you know, after one watch, you you may not get so much from it. Uh, like that that first watch is the mask. Yeah. And the yeah, second yeah, watch is, is is the reveal. Like that's the taking off of the mask and that's uh, like it's the opening of Pandora's box, so to speak, you know? That's it. That's that's it. You've nailed it in one sentence. That's that's it. That's it. Um Yeah. And I, I feel that is in a way, that's the point of the documentary. It's uh it's actually very clever. Like yeah. but it takes it takes that second watch, I feel, to get that. But again, like I, f- I feel, I I could probably watch this again and 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 gain more from it. You know, um, I mean, there's only so much you can get out of 21 minutes, but it's 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 it is uh, like 
Optimus Prime, one of the masks, more than meets the eye. Like, that's Transformers. There you go. Like, that's it. That's that's or that's my take from the documentary is that first watch is the mask. You take off that mask for the second watch and it reveals so much more. So overall, would you watch it again? (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what? It's 21 minutes. The amount of rubbish I watch sometimes that is either 21 minutes or longer. Like I could watch that again, but if if I had only watched it once for the purposes of just watching a documentary if I'm being honest, I probably wouldn't have gone in for a second watch. I would have probably written it off. Um, but again, doing it for the purposes of actually reviewing it uh, has made me go for that second watch. And I've understood so much more from it. So do you know what? I probably would go in for another watch. Maybe not tonight. No. <laughs> Maybe not this week. But, you know, whilst it's still in my mind um definitely because i'd like to see if there's more if there's more i could more i could understand um but at the same time i would prefer a follow-up the whole point of this documentary is to get across that this guy went over there to do something um and then by the end of the documentary you're left with oh yeah like there is absolutely no doubt he went and done this and now he's been caught. So I feel that you leave the documentary feeling like for me originally, like on that first watch, I was like, okay, so it's, I thought, okay, so the end of this documentary is going to be, did he, didn't he, we, we've never found out, did he, didn't he? And I kind of enjoyed that aspect. I kind of enjoyed the kind of leaving it up to the viewer um, until that kind of like full stop at the end where it's like, Oh no, he done it. Uh, um, I I personally think the, the documentary is not even really about him. It's about the people. It's the people in the documentary. His friends group who are left behind. They're the ghosts of Sugarland, which is a real place. Because I always thought it was just like a made up thing. They were trying to hide where that was, but no, it's a real place. Um, yeah. And you yeah. know, just just commenting on uh, one one of the scenes. Like I don't know if it's uh, one of the um, one of the interview areas. I don't know if it's a car park or what, but they got some great graffiti. Like I saw some Batman stuff. Like I was like, that looks pretty cool. I like that. Like, um, but again, kind of playing into this mask, mask kind of uh, aspect of everything. Um, it is very, very tough. Like it's, it's hard, hard to review. I, I think that's what I'm struggling with. Like to begin with, I thought, am I reviewing Mark the character, mm. or am I reviewing the documentary as a whole? Because it feels at first like, like, like I said, because it kind of starts out as a kind of mystery, like whether he went there or whether he was a FBI informant. Like I, I was kind of under under the understanding. I was like, oh, so it's going to be a kind of did he, didn't he? Like I thought that's the point of this documentary. And then, like I say, after finding out, of course, you know that he went over there by the end of it. Um, but then. Like I say, on that second watch, you just, it's like the layers are peeled back and, and you get to see a bit more clearly um, what the documentary is actually about. One thing I did find, though, was the backgrounds of, uh, of the shots were really interesting. Um, like, I love the guy being interviewed in that shop 
and yeah, like people just convenience walking store. Yeah, yeah, people like buying things. Like, yeah, people just walk around buying that. That's I think that's why it's so hard to kind of take in everything in the first watch, is because there's so much going on in the background. It's like, and then you got the mask in front of you, so you're distracted by that. So you're not even like really kind of taking in any of this the first time. You're just, yeah. The only time you're listening, it's 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 smoke and mirrors almost. It's yeah. uh, it's very much a kind of like like you re- you need to really look within to find what you know what you want to find through this documentary. Like it's not a, I I think it should be given more credit than than what it's been given. Um, if if what you say the reviews are, are, are seem to be for it. Yeah, the views and I think the critics as well kind of um, have panned it a bit as well. Um, it's I don't know. It's I mean I I I could I can criticize it. Like my my critical view is like I think there needs to be that other side. Um, mm. But then again, like we said, you know, like we don't know what the budget was. We don't know how much time there was to to make this. Um, and also, like they they say. Um, in the very beginning, um, his friends say, "Like, why now? Yeah, like, why now? Why, why is that? Why, why is this of interest to you now?" And and that that sparks my interest as well. Like, but why did, now? Was it was that? Did they make that when he'd been brought back? No, because they said the filming. Yeah, the filming was over when they finished filming. Th- that he'd been captured. But he'd not been brought back to the US by that point. What did you think of them using his Facebook messages, his statuses and stuff like that? As do you feel like they just chose the most damning stuff? Well, I imagine it's it's very tough to get a narrative from him if he's not there to give it. Yeah. So I can understand them needing something mm. because otherwise. I, I suppose, in a way, it's a way of them getting something across. But then, social media is such a tough one because, like, people write all sorts on social media. Um, it feels that nowadays people are kind of really understanding a lot more about social media. And um, you could have someone that's depressed. Let's say he was depressed at one point, and and he just had this almost like rage and the only way to release that rage was through venting online through his social media through facebook or whatever um and that was his way of like oh i just need to release this and in a way i i look at that as well i'd rather someone release that kind of anger or tension in that way than doing something really bad or harmful like that's you know obviously it would be a lot better for someone in that position to talk um, mm. and to actually talk to someone and and vent that way um that's a much more healthier way of doing it but in the current day and age a lot of people's social activity is through social media um so that's the way they get their point across like again social media you could look at it as a mask we show what we want to show um but at the same time, like you could look at social media as people only putting the best parts out there. Like you, you hear that all the time. Like yeah. the social media, you only you only get the best parts of people's life. But there's an also, there's a section of social media as well where people vent, and yeah. it's not necessarily the best. 
it's not what they'd say out in public, but they feel there's this mask there, like that they can put over their face and and say the things that are getting at them on the inside. And I imagine a lot of a lot of fr- from what the documentary tells us about him, anyway. Um, I I take from it that a lot of his anger come from feeling of not belonging, and you know that it was his his way of and 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 when he found he belonged when he was brought into this group um with his friends uh by becoming muslim i think uh i think it says in the doc- documentary he done it three times yeah. um and they mention in that his friends mention that each time you do it you're embraced by by like i think it said like uncles and stuff so i'm guessing of of maybe his friends' families or something. Um, yeah. So maybe to him that was like a that made him feel good. That made him feel apart. Kind you know, wanted. made it. Yeah. Um, and then the group that made him feel wanted, his friends, but in a larger aspect, the Muslim community. When he then saw that they were being attacked, mm. like in his mind he's like you know they say in the documentary um i think one of his friends say that he says like i'm not quoting word for word but how how can we as american muslims sit by and watch them just pummel other muslims into the ground and sit idly by um and that like you can understand that anyone can understand that yeah um so again i i look that uh, i look at that as he was it was almost he was he wanted to protect the people that saved him yeah in yeah. a sense but one thing i found interesting though was when you'd find out about what actually become of him and what he was doing there in the first place if you go back and like look at the bit where he'd their friends are complaining that he's doing some kind of like Yelp review of uh, the IS, like Islamic State. They're saying, like, yeah. oh, um, they do have TV. They do have this. And I feel like almost a way of him uh, counteracting the newspapers. Yes, that's yeah. exactly it. So it feels like he's kind of just, it's like a Q&A for people who are just kind of brainwashed by the typical stuff they see on TV. You know, it's... Yeah. Um, he's like which, kind of which again is commendable because it's it's like okay they're telling you this I'm actually here yeah this is what's really happening and it's yeah. it's and and so you could you could argue that that maybe before he chose you know when he inevitably chose to go out there maybe that was part of his mo like maybe that was like his whole point of of saying okay well. You're all attacking, but you're not getting the truth. And I want to show you the truth. Yeah. But the, again, the, the the trouble there is, you know, uh, unfortunately, media is very, very powerful. Um, and he's just one guy. And as much as you'd love to think that, oh, yeah, he can just go out there and report on his findings, it's only going to reach so many people. Whereas the media, have everyone.
And that's all for this episode. I'd like to thank Matt for joining me on this one. If you want to get involved or send us your thoughts or your feedback, you can do so by using the links in the show notes. You can also follow us on social media to find out what documentary we'll be covering next. Thanks for listening. Until next time.